because it's fun. It's fun to do bad things. 24-7 Comedy Radio. I want to do horror stuff with my friend. Step out of that shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh. We do it the fuck we want to The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support the Green Room today. And now, live from Silver Lake, California, the host of the Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone, welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on SeanTGreen.com, presented by our good friends over at 247comedy.com. I'd like to welcome on my left-hand man, Mr. Logan Lystico. Logan, what's shaking, bro? Nothing much, man. What's crappening? <laughs> All right, what's crappening? Where'd you get that one from? Eh, just a little uh, Texas thing I picked up. No, really? Is that, oh, okay. I was <laughs> no, going to say, that didn't thing. sound like an expression, but I just wanted to make sure. What's crappening? Yeah, what is what is crappening, Logan? Let's uh, pick your brain here right off the start. Anything new with the old L-Dog? Well, my parents were going to visit this weekend, but apparently my brother and my dad came down with some crazy disease that they can't explain. <laughs> it's taking over their throat and mouth, and so they're not going to show up. <laughs> just sounds like a funny... Uh, some crazy disease taking over their throat and mouth, but they're okay. They're going to be okay, they're right? They are okay. Okay, because when yeah. you say crazy disease, people think possibly life-threatening. I mean, it sounded like they were going to survive, but it does sound <laughs> serious, though. I All right. My brother, my brother didn't eat for a week, and now my dad's starting to get it, too, and he knows what's coming, so. Okay. All right. <laughs> good times. Speaking <laughs> of good times, happening. let's welcome on our guest for the evening, uh, Mrs. Tess Barker. What's happening, Hello. Tess? Ms. I'm not married. Miss. Right. Ever. I always. <laughs> I'm 28 years old, and I still have not gotten that right. I have to Google it every time. I don't know. It's just in my head, Mrs. sounds like a single thing to me. Like, it oh, does? I, yeah, like Missy, misdemeanor. I don't know. Maybe that's just what I'm basing off of. I I don't know. I guess I just tuned that part out of my brain. I never, I never sat down and actually memorized Mrs. versus Ms. Well, uh, you can always use Ms. Whether someone is married or not, Ms. to me sounds like gross. Yes, why? Because it sounds like old. It like, sounds like old, like an old. Oh, Mrs. Barker. Yeah, exactly. Okay. My so mom not, is Mrs. Barker. Your mom is Mrs. Barker. You're Miss Barker. Yeah. Now, Tess, <laughs> you just said uh, never getting married. Do you think? <laughs> Is that uh, is that something that you decided? Have you are you really committed to that, or is that just something you're saying? You think it's probably just something that I'm saying. I'm not really committed to anything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a very not impul- even committed to not getting married. <laughs> I'm not even committed to not being committed. So <laughs> I could easily elope in Vegas next year. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can see yeah, that. That I would can, make sense. Yeah. yeah, I can see you kind of. Uh, yeah, I can. See, you seem like um, you do. You have that uh, free wielding spirit. Now. Man, lot to get to in the life of Tess Barker just before the show, and now this is something I never knew. But you were talking about the fact that you screen test to be uh, the girl in Christmas Vacation. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, I um, I was a child actor. Oh wow, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, and that was that. There were two parts that I almost got. I got a couple of commercials that I actually booked, but there were two movie parts that I almost got and then didn't get. And one of them was Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. Wow, to play his niece. Yeah. Wow, what that's awesome. 
Uh, the Girl Scout in the Adams Family, which wasn't that big of a part in the first movie, but then in the sequel, she had a really big part. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. now, how does that how does that work? Did you beg your parents, like, hey, I, guys, I really want to, I really want to do acting? Yeah, when I was like four or five, I started memorizing commercials. Like I remember, I would like memorize band aid commercials and stuff. And then I went downstairs with my parents and I recited them for them. And then I asked them if I could move into the TV. I guess I, that's... <laughs> I guess I wasn't that happy at home. <laughs> Guys, instead, can I just move into the TV? That's hilarious. So, all right, now. Okay. By the way, are you glad you didn't become a child star, or are you? I you am. Yeah, I am. I uh, I'm definitely more of a writer now, so I'm glad that I'm glad that I was never super successful as a child actor. Cause, yeah, you know, I could say that's it's not a good formula. I mean, there's the exceptions, but it seems like the rule is, oh yeah, I get really successful as a child. It. I mean, whether any profession, you shouldn't peak as a child. Nine should no. not be your best year. That <laughs> exactly. is not a healthy life. Whether, you know, people like to say, oh, it's because you were in front of the camera and it was an entertainment thing. But really, it's more just about you don't want this to be the best year of your life. You don't want it to be a downhill skid from here. And you don't want to tell your nine-year-old self that. Like, when I was nine, I absolutely wanted to peak at nine. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> you're nine. Your perspective isn't that much farther down. At 28, I want to peak at 28. But, exactly. yeah, it, the idea of, like, okay, nine, that's when it's really going to happen. I mean, look at um, look well, at I, uh, I, Drew Barrymore. She was, yeah. what, she was in E.T. when she was five years old. That didn't, I mean, yeah, she's doing it right now. <laughs> that's but, a bad uh, yeah, example. I, think she's Drew, doing I would take Drew Barrymore's career, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she was also 13 and addicted to coke and in rehab, so yeah. some was, dark days for Drew Barrymore. I was Barrymore. jealous of Macaulay Culkin when uh, Home Alone came out. I was hugely jealous, like, oh, man, he's a huge star and he's my age. Oh, yeah. But look at him now, it's... It's like, oh. Yeah, he <laughs> is. He's sort better. of the quintessential child actor, I think. Yeah. Didn't he get married to, like, a 17-year-old or something? He did. He, he did have from a... his parents. That's right. <laughs> he, did <laughs> have a, uh, he did have a weird marriage there. Then he was dating uh, Mila Kunis for a while. And uh, now there, there are photos of him looking, like, really, really skinny, kind of anorexic, almost gaunt. Uh, so, you know, a lot of speculation about uh, what Macaulay Culkin's up to. So, now, Tess, I'm assuming you grew up here in Los Angeles, correct? Yep, or... I grew up in the suburbs. Okay. Now, like, how far out are we talking? What? Oh, about 45 minutes out. Okay. So now you would come into L.A. for auditions? Yeah. I mean, I was a total – I had, like, a beeper. Oh, really? Whoa. <laughs> and my, my agent or my parents would beat me. And, like, my teacher, if I just went up to them, I'd just be like, I have an audition. I have to go. <laughs> that's hilarious. And in Los Angeles, they're just like, yeah, that sounds important. You yeah. should go. Can yeah. you bring along my headshot? <laughs> I'll never forget, I remember I took a psychology class in college out here at uh, Cal State Northridge, and I remember it was a psychology class of uh, psychology of motivation, and the lady comes out, and her name was Professor Blake, and she comes out and she's like, guys, just so you know, there's a lot going on in the news, but yes, Robert Blake is my dad. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Yes, it was totally bizarre. First off, the fact that his daughter is teaching psychology is very bizarre. And then I remember telling people that, and a guy guy said to me, he's like, oh, you should try and use that connection. Which no. was which is preposterous <laughs> because, oh, hey, you're, I know your dad's on trial for uh, murder one. Do you mind pass along this headshot? I can't imagine Robert Blake could do a lot for me <laughs> now or even when he was facing murder charges. Robert Blake can't do a lot for Robert Blake. No. I mean, he got off of murder, so I think he's – that was his main focus. Pro, I'm guessing, not jump-starting uh, my acting career, but he got off with murder and – yeah, you want to talk about crazy ways to get off a of murder. His alibi for why he couldn't, 
why he didn't commit the murder was that he his alibi was said or his alibi was that he was he was in the he left the dinner table to go get the gun out of his car a gun because he said he had misplaced his gun he admitted to carrying a gun <laughs> and then he claimed he had forgotten his gun back in the car so he went to go get it and that's why he wasn't around when she was murdered that and, was his excuse and did his wow. did did the bullet from her match his gun I don't think so. I I think it was um I I, I don't remember the all the details of the case, but I, I think it just came down to there not being enough evidence. And also it sounded like this woman was a pretty horrible person, so it's, it seemed like it was tough for them to paint her as a sympathetic figure and it was tough for them to get a lot of evidence. If I remember correctly. But yeah, I just remember that being his alibi and I was just thought that was hilarious. I just feel like if you're gonna have an alibi, don't have it include the same weapon that was used. Yes, in the exactly. Crime. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's pretty just don't you know, forget the why not just say you left your car keys or your cigarette anything but cigarette. Yes. <laughs> my stabbing knife. No, I mean my gym shorts. Yes, it's a very easy thing to come up with an alibi. I saw this uh thing online it called it's called any alibi uh, and i'm sure i'm sure they i'm sure they're the government's trying to shut it down but the idea is that if you get accused for a crime i mean this is what it's built for they you know try to disclaim it of uh, some other reason but they have receipts from all these different stores and different locations at different times so you say hey um you know, I was accused of such and such a crime. Can I get a receipt from Macy's at three o'clock in the afternoon? And they'll sell you a receipt from Macy's. And I don't Whoa. know. I don't. I mean, I'm sure it's not legal. Uh, and I, I'm sure. I'm sure the government's trying to shut it down. But he could. He could have used a service like that. Well, that would be good if you were having an affair or something. Right. Like something not in the court of law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, now and especially with uh, so many video cameras and stuff, I feel like it'd be easy to just get through it. Pretty, uh, you know, like see through the uh, alibi, and plus, I, I could just see most guys doing affairs. Like they, you know, they want it covered up, but they also they're kind of half caring. Like, and I feel like if I just feel like the fact that I was going to Macy's would probably be a dead giveaway that I was having an affair. Like, sure. what are you, <laughs> off, you've, Sean? You've never bought pants in your life. Secondly, why if you are buying pants, what are you trying to get laid and impress? Them? Like either way, just the fact that I'm stepping into a Macy's probably means I'm not uh, being faithful in the relationship. Okay, Tess, so you grew up in Los Angeles. Now, you were, I'm guessing you were a precocious kid. You sound like you, uh, you know, enjoyed acting and stuff like that. Yeah, I suppose I was, I guess precocious is the word for it. Right. Yeah, I was kind of a, I was a child actor, but I was also like a huge tomboy. I really liked playing outside, and I had um, a brother and two boy cousins, so I was really into bikes. A lot of, lot of tree climbing, yeah, that whole climbing. thing. Yeah, tree climbing, yeah. Now, um, how about high school? Were you, where did you fall into high school? Were you a jock, a nerd, Theater chick? Uh, yeah, kind of all of the above. I, I definitely wasn't popular, but I was kind of friends with everyone. I was really weird. Like, I wore every. I went through like two years where everything I wore was neon orange and green. Like, I was that. Now, this wasn't, in, <laughs> this wasn't in the early 90s, right? This was later on. This I remember, mid 90s, mid yeah. to late 90s. Yeah. I remember early 90s, there was a big hyper color phase, late 80s, that was very popular. Yeah, I had a few neon trapper keepers. Yeah, yeah. No, this <laughs> was definitely after it was in style. <laughs> you just decided to bring neon back, it's working. Yeah, and there was actually this goth kid who told one of my other friends, he's like, you know who I hate is that girl who feels like it's her job to advertise color everywhere she goes. <laughs> oh, God, that's hilarious. That is great. Just the idea, not your personality. Like, hey, it's me, it's Tess. She's just trying to get uh, get traction for colors. Yeah. yeah. 
I love that. That you know, that's what he thought you were going for. It's just yeah, you know, just getting the word out about color, <laughs> going town to town. You know, people people have a limited color wheel. I'm just trying to expand their palette. But I was kind of because that was also when goth and ska were very popular. So I guess it was. I was sort of like making a statement against. Right. That whole that was like when everyone was wearing checkered stuff and everybody yes. was in swing dance. I just Scott wasn't. was Scott was a bad time for this country, wasn't it? <laughs> you want to talk about bad musical crazes? The the, the cherry popping daddies, oh. zoot suit riot, aquabats. Yeah, it was. Just, and I don't just, know any of these bands. You don't? No, I only the only Scott I think I know about is No Doubt, and I don't even think that's really Scott. I mean, they were I guess like punk Scott. So, yeah, they were they were uh, sold out ska. They, yeah, you know, right. they weren't they weren't That's like right the here. legit ska. I mean, you got to have yeah. It was all about like these outfits and you know guys playing the trumpet and stuff like and just that that kind of like swing dancing, just like, jump and jabbing. They then do you it. Will. Yeah. I, I'm in high school. I don't want to. I don't want to get involved in this. No. <laughs> but then after that came the. Uh, the pop music craze, your Insyncs, your Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears. I was and I was all about the pop music craze. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> front and center. <laughs> I watched. I loved TRL. Yeah. Loved Insync. Obviously, loved Britney. Exactly. Now, what <laughs> what drew you to Britney? I feel like you're a big Britney fan. We've talked about it. You've stuck with Britney thick and thin. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I don't. I don't know many people who've just defended Britney so hard. Whole. <laughs> Heartedly, as you test, what about it? What about Britney so attractive? Um. Well, what isn't attractive about Britney? I, get, I mean, she's so cliche head. that she's original. The bald head was great. The great thing about Britney, <laughs> she loves it. The, the bald great, head that was just right on. That's me. That was one of my favorite Britneys. Was bald headed Britney because that's, that's when hilarious. she really just threw the world the middle finger. That is that is pretty yeah. ballsy. Because she was like, "You won't stop photographing me." Fine, bitches. <laughs> yeah, there was a weird thing where everyone was analyzing it. Like, sh- did she go crazy? Blah blah blah. And it's like, well, there were fifty cameras there when she shaved her head. Yeah, it doesn't seem that crazy. It no, yeah, seems she like, did go the fuck alone. Of she did she... go crazy. Yeah, but... we drove her crazy. Right. Yeah. As a society, <laughs> we weren't we weren't helping her mental state. No, no, no. We're like, why are you so crazy, Brittany? Why are you so crazy? Exactly. Brittany's going crazy. Why is she going crazy? <laughs> Now, what is it? The music, the attitude, the whole thing? Oh my god, the whole package! You know, um, I've always been a big fan of pop music. I just have horror. I've always had pretty bad taste in music. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, a lot of people think like, "Oh, I have good taste in music," but you, admittedly, yeah. I mean, I like good music too, but I also like bad music. Yeah, you have a you got the room in your palate for some trashy music. Exactly. You know, I'll eat like a hummus wrap, but you know what? Sometimes I want Doritos. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got you got the range got for everything. Yeah, and so I think um, Brittany in particular, when she first came on the scene, I was like, "Who is this seventeen-year-old girl trying to act like she's a virgin in this slutty <laughs> Catholic school uniform?" She was fantastic. She was dating Justin Timberlake. She just hit the ground so cliche that it was like. It was fresh and invigorating. Yes. And it was wonderful. It was wow. almost like Britney is just this, it's almost like a hyperbole. Like it's every kind of crazy, out of control trait of pop stars just meshed all together. Exactly. You know, yeah. the eating habits and drug use of Elvis, the diva-ness of your Whitney Houstons, and then you just throw in the, the yeah, the dating habits of like a Paris Hilton, and then the, you know, she oh, She came yeah, from so, the South with a mom who like pushed her into showbiz. Yeah, yeah well, that's was, my favorite thing about Britney is that she's, I think, one of the only people that started out white trash became extremely rich and successful and stayed exactly as white trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now that's almost like a, a new stereotype, but it's all based on her. Yeah. It's not really based on anyone else. Well, yeah, she's she definitely has the white trash market cornered. 
because yes, I mean it's it is like you can take you can take the Britney out of the trailer park, but you can't take the trailer park out of Britney. No. That's a that's a great <laughs> example of her life because really she even when she had a ton of money, she still kind of just raising her kids haphazardly <laughs> in and just like a cigarette going at all times, that's right. ashing yeah. into an empty Red Bull <laughs> container. Like, she just is trashy. And that's how she defended herself. She was like, when, when she got caught riding with her kid in her lap without a seatbelt, when she was at the gas station barefoot, she just said, I'm country. And I really <laughs> respect people who, I, yeah. I don't care what your deal is, I love when people just are who they are and they don't apologize for it. Right. And it's not like she had some time to mature. She was 17 years old and then became the megalo corporation, Britney Spears. And who knows? She probably wouldn't have really matured that much different, but (laughs) she didn't even have a chance. She was just thrown kind of to the lion's den and was a victim of the media, I guess you could say. But yeah, she's overcome, man. Britney's overcome. Yeah. She's (laughs) now she's hung in there. She seemingly kind of gotten it back. I always hear stories back and forth like, Oh, she can be in control of her own money or, or not. I don't know. What's the latest Britney news? I believe Dad is still in control of the estate. I think she's still de- been deemed too mentally ill to deal with her own finances. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Britney's a drugged up bitch. Like, yeah. She's on some pills. Somebody's <laughs> behind the scenes like, pulling the strings <laughs> on that puppet. But... I don't know. any. Like, I didn't even know if she was on drugs or not. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, she was pretty <laughs> obvious that she was on drugs. And, uh, you know, I mean, judging from all the reports and her behavior I, I would think there was at least some drug use in there absolutely i'm gonna go out on a limb and say she was on some drugs <laughs> now just because i don't keep up with it <laughs> all right how, how about you tess <laughs> um so in high school what was the plan what was the plan for going to college what was your uh, you know you graduate high school everyone's having a good time senior night what what's the plan going forward um, well, I sort of actually knew from a pretty early age that I wanted to get into screenwriting. Um, I, high school really, the actual school part of high school, I loved the social aspect of it, but I was really bored with the school part because it was just busy work. And I was like, why are you guys keeping us here? Um, so I started actually taking night school at UCLA, taking screenwriting classes. Oh, okay. Um, so I kind of knew right off the bat that's what I wanted to do. So cool. I applied to Emerson College in Boston and went there for screenwriting. Went there for screenwriting. Wow. Yeah. How, was, how was college for you? College was A lot great. of partying? Yeah. Uh, well, my first year of college, I was at Emerson, and I had this sort of, like, you know, drink bottles of NyQuil, throw your friends in the <laughs> elevator, that whole experience. But I actually didn't. <laughs> the cliched college experience. Right. Yeah. Everybody throws their friends in the yeah. Um, and But then I actually transferred back out here. Uh, so I was only in Boston for a year, and I came back to L.A. because I was sort of ready to start working. Ready to get into the uh, whole screenwriting game, whole Hollywood. Yes. Now, what do you think? What do you think originally kind of pushed you into wanting to be in show business? Was it something you were saying you wanted to be in the TV because <laughs> things were crazy around home? Did you did you grow up in kind of a crazy environment? You feel like? Yeah, I grew up in a very crazy environment, um, but not crazy bad. It was just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had very a very weird family. Uh, we were like a. I want to say hippie, but more like Ron Paul hippie. Like, we had guns and stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hunter S. Thompson, Ron Paul. Hey, we're, yeah. all, we're all about, you know, the government staying off our land, peace and love, and protecting ourselves. Yeah. Because just, just like the Second Amendment told us. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, no, I had a lot of fun as a kid, but I had a very strange childhood. And I guess maybe that's what sort of um, 
made me into a creative person is I just had such a weird childhood. Now, what's your what uh, what about your parents? What uh, what'd your mom do growing up? Um, my mom is still a teacher. She teaches first grade, so my mom's the normal one. Like okay. she's just like a cute mom who cooks and like worries about us. Typical first grade teacher. Yeah, yeah, sweetheart. Uh, my dad is like out of his mind. Full <laughs> <laughs> time? With, is that his job? Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, because I've you'd seen you talk about your dad on stage doing stand up comedy. Um, when did you start noticing, like as a teenager, everyone says, oh, my parents are crazy. Was there a moment early on when you were like, oh, wait, no, my dad's crazy. Like, this is, this is kind of odd dad behavior. Uh, yeah, well, this is a good example. We had, my family has a ranch pretty close to where we grew up and we would go out there a lot when I'm the oldest. So probably starting when I was nine, my brother was seven and my sister was like, I guess four. Uh, we go out there for shooting and driving lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Wow. Okay, hold on. Sorry. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not doing the math right. When you were four years old... My sister was four. Okay. Yeah. No, when I so, was nine. so wait, she was... She was she was just working the gas like what? <laughs> well, she was it, just there to catch catch the shells. How it would work was my dad would be with the kid that was shooting, and then the other the two four, ki- the, the four other, year old yeah, and then yeah, and then uh, the other I probably started shooting a gun when I was four or five. No, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now I feel like a huge pussy because I've never shot a gun. Oh, we're going to. <laughs> now, now I'm like, oh my, because you hear these stories, and I thought this was just hillbilly Pennsylvania, but like, occasionally, like an eight year old get a hold of a 22 and shoot his parents or something yeah. in some accident before years old and what is uh oh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt so oh, no, the no. plan was so so you would shooting lesson would be with dad and then the other two kids that weren't in the shooting lesson would have the car unsupervised so, <laughs> because his theory was it's a ranch what are you gonna run into so yeah. i started driving when i was like eight or nine too with no adult in the car <laughs> nice. that sounds like a blast that sounds awesome but i mean i kind of understand where my dad was coming from because his theory was you know if you start driving when you're eight or nine by the time you're 16 you won't be afraid to drive and i right. wasn't I I was very ready for my driver's test. Exactly. Same thing with, uh, with the guns. Hey, yeah, same with guns. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, eventually when you're 16, you go to high school, you're going to need to know how to use a gun. All right? Well, I don't want you walking in the classroom. There's going to be cl- crips, bloods. You know, if you if you got the safety on, you could be murdered. Your dad was ahead of his time when it comes to the combine situation is what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. And I, I think he's a real hero. So what, mom <laughs> Mom wasn't having any of that? She wasn't a fan? Um, well, no. Four-year-olds firing firearms. She was oddly okay with that. I'll tell this quick story, too. Um, I tried to run away from home. I talk about this sometimes on stage, but I tried to run away from home when I was a kid. And it was just like I got in a fight with my parents for whatever reason, harumphed up the street with like a pillow, and I was just going to go hang out at the playground for a couple hours and show them what they were missing. (laughs) (laughs) And my dad rolls up, and he goes, you want to run away from home? You think life on the streets is easy? He's like, get in the car. And I get in the car, and he's like fuming. He drives us down to L.A. Oh, my God. Tries to find a homeless person to teach me a lesson. (laughs) Can't find one anywhere. Ends up stopping at the donut time on Hollywood and Highland. Wow. Picks up two transvestite hookers. What? Picks them up? Yeah. One of which had a little kitten with a rhinestone collar, which was the mo- <laughs> that was the thing I was most interested in. <laughs> Yay, Daddy! I'm going to be a transvestite hooker when I grow up. Look at the cool collar I get! Yay! <laughs> so he took all four of us out to dinner at Hamlet. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> 
Wait, what? Yeah. And he had these these women. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't I did not realize that they were men dressed as women. I didn't realize that they had sex for money. None of this I was like, this doesn't look that bad. They were bad. just dressed really yeah. They looked hot. Yeah. <laughs> that explains the attraction to Britney Spears Thank as well. They're just dressed in flashy clothes. Yeah, and they were totally phoning it in. Like they were like, uh-huh, girl, you don't want this life. Like they were clearly only doing it because they knew that was what was paying for their dinner. Yeah, but for them, like this is jackpot. Wait, the John just wants us to say stuff to the do- Oh, no. And that's his name too. Oh, <laughs> your dad, funny. John. Of yeah. course, yeah. it makes it makes so much sense. <laughs> now, I would have loved to have been there with the conversation. Like you're in the car, I don't polishing a firearm, doing whatever, and, <laughs> and dad's outside explaining to the transvestite prostitutes what's going to go down. Now, okay, now I'm going to take you over to Denny's, and I just want you to explain. The perils of living life on the street. Exactly. Okay, so exactly. then we blame. No, no, no. You don't. <laughs> no, no, it's all no. you have to do. <laughs> okay, but is, is the kid gonna watch? That's extra, all right? No, 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 no. Listen, I'm not paying you to have sex. Right, are you wearing a wire? What's going on? Like they must have. I can't imagine the trip to Denny's to do the scared straight thing to the daughter. Now that's a really that's a really long way to go. I understand the panhandling, but taking <laughs> exactly. I mean, and like how. I, I, it, it was completely in effect. And we, he got pulled over on the way to... Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that is the greatest amazing. story of all time. All right. So, okay. He gets pulled over. Now, is this going to the restaurant? This is coming back from the restaurant. He gets pulled over. And so the police officer has my dad and the two trannies sit on the curb. I'm allowed to stay in the car. <laughs> And so I look down at them, and all three of them are looking up at me with these pleading eyes, and I don't really understand what's going on. Your dad's like, hide the gun. Yeah. (laughs) And then after, so the the cop asked me, he goes, so why'd you run away from home? And I'm like, seriously? My dad's on the curb with two prostitutes. (laughs) (laughs) So I get back in the car, and my dad goes, "Um, I know that was, like, really scary, but you were never in danger because there's a loaded gun under your seat. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, wait, how old were you when this happened? I was probably, I think I was in fifth grade. Fifth grade. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so I was older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love how you were, I love how you weren't in trouble because a police was there. You were safe because the police there. That wasn't what your dad was going for. Was, no, in case shit got real with the cops, you could yeah. fire back. And my favorite moment is before my dad came to get me, him loading the gun, putting it under the seat of my car and being like, Yeah, this is a good idea. <laughs> Wait, before he so got crazy. oh, before he got you to Oh, before he picked you up to yeah. take you down. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> so, so how did he get out of that? He just—I got the cops him out that- of it. I told the cops, I was like, "Yeah, I tried to run away from home, and my dad's just trying to teach me a lesson." And the now, listen, I'm not—I'm not advocating that at all for the Green Show, Green Room <laughs> listeners, but. If you are into this kind of thing and bring a kid in. along, explain to them, hey, if you see daddy picking up these women of the night, explain that simply, I'm trying to teach you a lesson. Now, stay in the car while I hang out in this motel that's rented by the hour at a reasonable price. You keep an eye on daddy's stash box and the loaded firearm. I will be quick, all right? That's part of the deal. It's going to be under 30 minutes, unless things get a little bit freaky. But you'll learn about that later when I give you the birds and bees speech. <laughs> exactly. No. Oh, wow. That is... Okay, so that was that fifth grade. That now, do you tell your friends at school? Do you expl- or is this like is it a is it like 
I can't ex- I can't explain this to people, or is it like my dad's goofy? What was your take on it? Um, I definitely didn't tell people about that as a kid, and yeah. I remember my my mom was furious about that. Now, I think I divorced the- pretty soon after. That. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unrelated. Um, now, so <laughs> my dad gets in trouble for you know I don't know nothing. I mean nothing for to eating compare to sodium. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Taking a hundred dollars out of the ATM to play blackjack, but um, now uh, so yeah, so mom wasn't happy. Now, did you tell her the story, or did dad try to do damage control because he, he knew tried you'd to snitch. do damage control because he knew I would snitch? Uh. Yeah, that is tough because as a kid, you have to share that story as anything with the cops. And... Yeah, that was my first experience with the cops. Now, did wow. <laughs> Your mom must have been pretty suspicious when you were explaining, like, oh, these nice ladies. Yeah. And so did your dad ever later on explain to you that they were prostitutes or that they – or you just kind of later on did the math? I later on did the math, yeah. Now, I, you, now you see you, – you hang out with your dad or are you just – Oh, yeah. I get along great with my dad. He's now, like, did that um, – <laughs> do you guys talk about stuff like this? Like, oh, joke about it? And yeah. Like, oh, that was a crazy time? Yeah. I was actually in Amsterdam with him recently and I told him uh, – that I tell that story on stage, and he was pretty stoked about that. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I'm the cool dad. Yeah. <laughs> now, what? Um, so, do you feel like your dad? He he sounds like very obviously very non traditional. Do, do you worry sometimes that your dad's trying to be more of a friend or like trying to be the cool dad? Is that ever? I don't think he's trying. It just is who he is. Is his personality? Yeah, he's a free spirit. I am too. I think that's why we get along so well. Yeah, because and, and it it's crazy. I totally, I, just from hearing both your parents' background, I totally see how you kind of came to be. Like, you have this sweet, almost first grader teacher mentality of like, hey guys, let's, you know, get some cookies. And just like very kind of matronly and, and motherly. And then this other kind of complete free spirit, fly by the seat of your pants. So I, I, I see a 50-50 split in the uh, Barker household. <laughs> now, speaking of kind of uh, adventures, I remember, I, I think you were talking about this on stage, and I remember you telling me about it. I, I forget exactly how it all goes, but it, it started off with you picking up your sister at the airport or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I just re- I wrote this one down because I remember when I heard it on stage yeah. or whatever, I was like, now this is, this is so out of, like, I consider myself, Kind of a free spirit in that, yeah, I'm up for anything, but this was really – now, I, I would just be – it wouldn't be something I would be doing. Okay, I would like to preface this by sure. saying, yes, <laughs> I I love to have fun. It's like my, one of my main priorities in life. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hate to have fun, yeah, so that's probably why I'm not as much of a free spirit. I think we've all had some good times together. Exactly. No, very. <laughs> we all like yes, to have fun. Yes, I can agree. Um, so, you know, I like to say yes to things as they come up. I just right. want to start by saying that. So I go pick my – my sister lives in New York, and I go pick her up from the airport at, like, midnight, and she gets in the car, and she goes, hey, uh, can we get this guy high? And so I go, yeah, sure, of course. And so he gets in the car with us, and we start to smoke a bowl, and um, as we're – I'm talking to my sister, this guy in the back seat goes, "Uh, have you ever heard of the band The All-American Rejects? One time we – I mean, they, I mean, we, and then he goes, my sister goes, she doesn't even know who I am, do I? And I'm thinking this guy's such a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> well, generally in LA, when someone says that, they are a douchebag. Exactly. Yeah. And like, that's the thing, doing comedy, like half of my friends are fake famous. Like I grew up, like, I don't care that you're in the All-American Rejects, you know right. what I mean? So I'm just like, yeah. shut up. I'm like, 
what? Let me guess. You're in the All-American Rejects? And he goes, how'd you guess? (laughs) 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 Deuce chills already. Yeah. And so he goes, well, let me buy you girls some some things to drink and let's just party tonight. And I go, you know what? I don't want to drive you back to the airport. I think we should just drop you back. Okay. Oh, sorry. I I don't want to go. I don't mean to interrupt, but I... Okay, so you got to the airport. Your mm-hmm. sister was with this guy, mm-hmm. and the idea was, hey, we're just going to get this guy high and then leave the airport? And then drop him back off. Oh, okay. That so was you're the just, original idea. Now you're just circling the airport? Yeah, we were okay. like in the In-N-Out parking lot. Oh, okay. So you're just near the airport, smoking a bowl, hanging out. Yeah, I'm going to help another stoner out. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> stoner in need is a stoner indeed. Exactly. All right. So um, so then he goes, let me buy you girls some stuff to drink. I'll have a car pick me up and take me for my next flight. And so my sister and I both love to party. And so we both kind of share a look and we're like, okay. He <laughs> was like, no, this is a bad idea. I don't want to do this. Free drinks. All right. Yeah, yeah I'm in. She and I both just have a devil on each shoulder. So that was four devils. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two devils for the Barker twins. And then this guy's good for two devils as well. Exactly. So we party with this guy all night. And then the next day I go, and then it's like 6 o'clock in the morning, and he's like, I was supposed to be on the Okay, so now, sorry. uh, No, no, no. Okay, now you party all night. You guys are drinking, going out to Mm -hmm. bars. Yeah. And then what? You guys are like, all right, time for us to leave? Yeah. We went out. Then we came back to my place. I always like to have people over at my place. Right. Um, I pass out at like 6 o'clock in the morning. The next day, my sister wakes me up. The dude is still there, and she goes, you're never going to believe this. This guy's a skydiving teacher. (laughs) (laughs) And... My sister and I both love to skydive, and so I'm like, you're kidding. And so she goes, yeah, and he wants to take us skydiving. I go, great, you know? And so he had been such a douchebag all night. I mean, the douchebaggery didn't stop in the car. It was like all he talked about was himself and his horrendous one-hit wonder band. And every time he talked, I would just tune him out because he was such a D-bag. Yeah. So I was like, you deserve to be taken advantage of because you suck. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, but he we was he was coming through buying you guys drinks yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so we agreed to let him to, to have him take us go skydiving. So we're driving up to Hollister where we like to jump, and the whole, it's a six-hour drive. He's playing the same All American Reject song oh my God, <laughs> over and over again, singing just the harmonies. I'm just losing my mind, but I'm like, this is what you have to go through to go skydiving. Like, yes. just, just you're getting free skydiving out of this. Just deal with it. So I'm fascinated so, by this guy. Like, did this pay off in the past? Constantly listening to your own band. Um, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for for the end yeah. of the story, Logan. So, <laughs> so we get up to the skydiving place. Our brother meets us there because he also likes to skydive. And Old Barker uh, family attic. It's a Barker thing. Our dad got us into it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Um, so we get up there. With guns is the next step. <laughs> so we get up there, and I had to. That was my first time learning how to skydive by myself. So I had to take a, a class called ground school, where you learn like what happens if things go wrong and all this and that. Sure. My first teacher is there for like a half an hour, and he looks like super nervous and like he's not doing well. He leaves after a half an hour, comes back, and he literally goes, Tess, I was in Vietnam, and I was a Navy SEAL. I've never been in this much pain in my life. I'm shitting blood. What? I was like, whoa. He's like, I have to go. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, go. That's crazy. So he leaves. They send in a replacement teacher who's this super hot guy (laughs) (laughs) who has a cast on. He's like, I don't usually teach, but I fell out of a tree a couple nights ago. I'm like, all right. (laughs) Tess is just falling in love. (laughs) Oh, guy who who fell out of a tree and a skydiving teacher? Please. (laughs) It's just he and I alone for this whole day. So I'm not even paying attention to the All-American Reject. So he's talking to your sister. He's talking to my sister. 
So I don't even really notice what's going on. We end up going back to what's called the bunkhouse where all the professional skydivers party. And I end up partying with my skydiving teacher. I'm hooking up with him. That's going on. Some mushrooms have been taken. Is <laughs> <laughs> any good mushroom tr- or uh, skydiving trip. Exactly. So now this is, okay, this is all day training and then partying into the night. Exactly. And then the idea is you're going to wake up next morning and go skydiving. Yeah, correct? one more jump okay. and then, yeah. So I'm with my skydiving teacher, distracted from the All-American Reject. I kind of hear him being a douchebag to the other skydivers. <laughs> and just, just hear him be like, no, no, no. Yeah, All-American, All-American Reject. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, what, he says that he has his B license in skydiving, which I think you need 75 or 100 jumps to have. And he said that he had 35 jumps. And so I was like, that's weird. Like, and, and he claims that because he was a famous musician, that that's why he got that extra licensure. So I'm like hooking up with my skydiving teacher and I hear a knock on the door and it's my sister and she's like, Teresa, we have to go. I'm like, not right now. (laughs) Just a minute. And she goes, I'm serious. We have to go. I'm like, seriously, not right now. She goes, I don't care if you're naked. We have to go right now. And so I go to the door and I'm like, what is going on? And she has this really serious look on her face, like something's really wrong. And I go, oh God, okay, okay. So I say goodbye to the guy. I just leave him there. Total like blue ball city. Oh Oh, man. I know. I'm such a dick. So (laughs) I leave him. I get in the car. (laughs) So funny. You're such a dude about, oh my God, I'm such a dick. (laughs) I get in the car with my sister and the reject. I'm like, what's going on? And they both go, that party was full of pirates and gypsies. And I go, stop the car. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are both still on shrooms. Oh, so they were just tripping, tripping. freaking out. Yeah. So I have them pull over. We wait for a while. Finally, we're all sober enough to drive back to LA. I'm back in LA in the car with my sister and the reject. And I get a call from my brother. So you would, you would kind of just decide to bail on the idea of skydiving. then, Because it's just like, this is a mess. We've been up all night, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I get a call from my brother, and I'm sitting right next to the reject, and my brother goes, hey, um, that guy that you guys brought with you is not in the All-American Rejects. And I go, what? And I'm sitting right next to him, and he goes, yeah, I Googled him. He's not in the All-American Rejects. And I... I felt like I was almost in like a hostage situation. Yeah, this feels like, like this is, feels like a scene right out of a horror movie. Yeah. where, <laughs> you know, it's like some mistaken identity of like, you know, I was supposed to pick up Terry at the airport, but Terry's right here. What's exactly. going on? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. And then he, you're looking at Terry. You're like, wait, wait, that's not the real Who Terry. Is this? Yeah. So, um, so I'm like, okay, and I don't, and I, there had been some clearly some clues throughout the entire weekend, but I ignored sure, them because sure. I thought I was getting free skydiving. Sure, and to be honest, this probably sounds like what a douchey guy in the All American Rejects would do. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, and totally. that's why everybody gives me shit about this story. But I'm like, it was exactly how I would have acted if it was the real All American Rejects guy. Yeah, you know? and yeah. I don't know All American Rejects, but just from their you know kind of safe you know homogenous pop punk style. I'm guessing this is the kind of guys would, that would be in the band. Exactly. So in a way, he was a great scam artist because he hid in plain sight. Exactly. And I, I didn't question very much of what he said because I didn't want to hear his dumb stories. <laughs> it is funny. Like, wow. it, in his head, he must have been uh, coming up with the strategy of like, well, obviously, I can't say I'm in the Rolling Stones, but then I have to say I'm in a, <laughs> say I'm in a band that people have heard of. You know, maybe a couple chart toppers, not number one hits. Yeah, maybe graze the top 40. All American rejects. <laughs> then he's like working on the harmony. Okay, so just in case, <laughs> yeah, like it's just funny to think of him settling on the All American rejects. But it's the perfect band because nobody knows very much about them, but we've all heard no. of them. No, yes, it's yeah. like I'm familiar with the name, and I couldn't name a song. Exactly. But if it was on the radio, I'd probably be like, oh yeah, that. Exactly. And I wouldn't even think to Google it because, like, why would someone <laughs> lie about being in the All American rejects? That's like lying about being lit. 
Like, yeah. right. how, oh, why would you do it's that? Worse, and yeah. I would never it's even... worse than that. <laughs> so I had my good friend Josh Androsky come over because I just like needed a guy to help me kick this dude out of my house. Funny comedian, Josh yeah. Androsky. And Josh comes over and he goes, uh, so you're in the All-American Rejects. I have a friend who was a roadie for them. <laughs> you know, you know Steve? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, Steve. He goes, how's Steve doing? I haven't seen him in a while. And he goes, he's good. He's good. He goes, did he get married recently? I know he was like seeing someone seriously, and he like starts asking all these specific <laughs> questions. This little fucker gets all start, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> gets all gets all skittish and stuff. And then finally, Josh just goes, "Actually, you're full of shit, aren't you?" And I go, "Yeah, you're not in this band at all, are you?" <laughs> he goes, "What are you talking about? All weekend long, I've done nothing but hook you girls up. Like, you're full of shit. Get out of my apartment." He goes flying out into the streets, <laughs> muttering about how he's going to take a private jet. Beyonce and Jay Z probably barely even take a private jet. Yeah, like, that's yeah. really much less the All American no. rejects. Oh no! So he skids off. The next day, I Smash take... Mouth can't even afford a private jet. Exactly. No. Um, my bank account is negative eight hundred and eighty-eight thousand dollars. Holy shit! <laughs> and basically, and this is on me, but I had let him come with me to the ATM to deposit a check from him. And somehow he he saw my pin, somehow got like my account information, and had deposited like a series of false checks while I was taking my skydiving class. Um, wow! Taking my car and gone to, and so yeah, insane. So yeah. somehow he had a. So wait, now why did he he gave you a check? Yeah, he gave me a check to cover the skydiving. Oh, okay. So yeah. you're oh, okay, and then he's like, hey, and then he was just like, hey, can you deposit that? And you're, or you were just like, oh, hey, I want to put it in so yeah. the check clears. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a – now where did he – did your sister uh, – all right, sorry. I think we missed this part. <clears throat> now, how did your sister meet him? I know she met him at the airport. What, were they on the same flight? No. Um, she met him while waiting for me. I think they, have, they were both having a cigarette. So I think this dude just hangs out. If you're ever at LAX <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and the little skinny tweaker guy tells you he's in the All-American Rejects, he's not. So now – okay. And people come to L.A. thinking they're going to meet a celebrity. So right off the bat, they yeah. see him. This guy's him. a celebrity. Yeah. Now you – oh, wait. Okay. So did he end up getting the money or do you know anything that kind of happened with the case? Um, I did have to file a police report and do all that. I had to pay for the skydiving myself because I did <laughs> <laughs> authorize those charges. Um, but I got everything else back. Yeah. That's cr- but okay. do you know anything – like did they ever – because if this guy withdrew all this money then, right? Or how did that work? The, yeah, he – I don't really know. The police wouldn't go after him. I know that they didn't honor – I think he was just writing himself bad checks. Oh, okay. I don't really understand. So then probably when he tried to deposit it later, yeah, there yeah, were yeah. nothing. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that is a crazy story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but see, that's – you know, I that's, think you could top your this dad is a per- taking you to get prostitutes, <laughs> but you did. This is a perfect example of Tess's makeup. The first grade teacher said, hey, I have a friend who needs a ride and wants to get high. And then it just rolls into the dad side of like, yeah, we'll do mushrooms and skydiving. <laughs> you sound like a guy who's, who's totally cool. Yeah, just uh, yeah, hover over me while I'm putting the ATM. Let's rock yeah. and roll. <laughs> The mom would have been like, oh, I don't know. Don't talk to strangers. Seems dangerous. Yeah, I definitely missed the don't talk to strangers dating school. Right. Like, but you've had so many good adventures with strangers. Exactly. I mean, that one was a little scary, I guess. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> but, yeah, that's crazy. So I guess his end game was just to kind of rip you guys off, but also have a fun time doing it. Exactly. Yeah, and if you're a con man, I mean, yeah, you can, you can be a guy... 
you know, in some internet cafe in India or Nigeria trying to get someone's credit card. Or you can be out skydiving, hanging out with a couple cute chicks, <laughs> exactly. like, trying to do it that way. But so, I sort of feel like he, I mean, we, my sister and I had to be his target demographic. You kind of had to roll up on two sisters who were down to party. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Now, that's what's fascinating. He's sitting there having a cigarette. Now, you, so you're you're thinking that he just hangs at the airport waiting for people to come in and to just say, hey, can I catch a ride or I'm in between flights or something yeah. like that. And for whatever reason, he saw your sister and thought, okay, here's a good mark. And then, you know, saw you, blonde hair and fun girl. He's like, yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. It's actually a brilliant scam. I mean, he was so thorough. That's the thing. He well, knew so much about the All-American Reject. <laughs> <laughs> and no one else does. So, exactly. So it's so easy to out... And also, it is a weird thing, um, being in the airport, as much as it, you're in the public and whatever, as a, as a fellow passenger, you almost bond with other passengers, because you're, you're waiting in line, you're on a, a flight, you kind of, everyone feels like crap, so you almost, there's like a weird bonding experience I feel like takes place, because everyone gets, you know, the bull crap through security, so I feel like in an airport situation, people are more likely to be kind of friendly or, or have their guard down in that sense. Whereas if he was just a random dude at a bar, totally. you might be a little more suspicious. But somehow at the airport, it's like uh, stories are more believable. You need a ride. It makes more sense, obviously. And just, yeah, everyone's tired. Planes get switched. It's, it's a, you're, you're in a more vulnerable spot, I feel like. Well, and I sort of think that you have to – you think that they have some reason to fly. They have enough money for a plane ticket, right? Yeah, and it, it feels like the airport itself is some sort of filtering mechanism. Exactly. He just made it yeah. through – he made it through airport security. At right. least I know he's not a terrorist. But so he, he didn't. He was just hanging out there. <laughs> right, yeah. But you think he would have been through it. Now, yeah. did, he, did he have luggage? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he had a rollaway suitcase. Okay. Yeah. As most homeless people do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Now, all the homeless he weirdly are... also had a shopping cart. I <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I made a detour at Target, so I got to drop this off. Uh, that is crazy. Your sister, she's a real trip too. Your sister, who well, I'll never forget for this, is like, all right. So it started at um, I did this comedy show at this uh, public house. I've talked about it a couple times on the show, but. This heckler got into it with me, and then I freaked out, and I, you know, just like ranted and raved on. Actually, I got heckled by two people. One guy to shove off stage, and then the other guy. But really it was t- great. You had the whole crowd behind you. Yeah, I know. It was it was an awesome night. It got off the stage. Everyone was buying me drinks. Your sister was like, "Oh my god, that was so great." Sister's very cute. I was like, "Thanks, Tess's sister." <laughs> and uh, you know, <laughs> smash cut to maybe it was like a few weeks later we were at a party, and she's like, "Oh my god, Sean Green. Oh my god, I love you. Oh my god, you're so funny." Like hugging me. I'm I'm turning like bright red, just blushing like, "Oh, <laughs> you dog, Sean Green." And she just keeps going, "I love you so much. Oh my god, you're so amazing. You're so amazing." But I would never date you. I would never. date hate you and like just said it like she was drunk and just like said it a few times I'm like okay okay i get it not gonna date me i think uh, i was just standing behind her cat <laughs> and everyone was laughing so she, she was just like what no i'm just saying he's really great and funny but just i wouldn't date him like she doesn't understand like how hilarious it is that she's going at it wasn't like i made a move and she said nah, no i'm just friends it was just just to make things clear, these are completely plutonic compliments. <laughs> like I was riding on cloud nine for literally a minute and a half and was just like, 
just as friends, okay? Relax. Yeah, it wasn't like you needed to be shut down. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I mean, I pretty. I mean, yeah, sure, things were running through my head, but <laughs> let a man dream, for Christ's sake. All right, let's see here, uh, Tess. We'll get into uh, a little bit of news here. We're talking about. Uh, we talked about Britney Spears for a while. Another another blonde bombshell diva, less talented in my mind, Paris Hilton. Are you a fan of Paris Hilton at all? Uh, I don't hate her as much as everyone else does. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where people hate her, and yeah, I understand why. It's hard to defend her, but sure. I don't have this. Uh, same thing with like Kim Kardashian, just this irrational anger, like, they're ruining America. It's, it's a little overblown. But I do, <laughs> I do enjoy... Uh, <laughs> Listening to her music, uh, I don't know if you heard her. <laughs> if you heard her last song, but uh, this one much less ambitious as far as uh, the scope of the song, and uh, it's called "Drunk Text." So I feel like it's a little. Trying She's to, writing what she knows. Yeah, trying to be a little funny, maybe owning up to like the party girl image. What are you looking at, Logan? I was trying to see nothing. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, okay. No, uh, so. Yeah, I'll, I'll play some. This actually got pulled off of YouTube. Luckily, I was able to get it before it got pulled. Why did off it get U- pulled? Are we going to talk about it? Um, well, just insanely negative comments on <laughs> blogging and stuff. And whoever is telling her and putting this up thinking like, oh, this is going to get a really good response, they're the ones who should uh, – they're the ones who really need to you know, have their heads examined. I mean because Paris Hilton's Paris Hilton. I went out to the club the other night. <laughs> I like it. So that's that's Paris Hilton's new song, coming at you. I I just appreciate the complete lack of any effort. Like it, it, it was literally not trying to sing, not even trying to do something with the talking. The beat is the most just repetitive. It's almost like a garage band stock beat. Yes. No. Yeah. I mean, over under on time spent making that beat. There's no way that took more than 45 minutes. And There's I know no, that whole thing took more than 45. I know nothing about beats. This is. <laughs> This could have easily been done in one take. At this podcast right now, I feel like we invested more time and energy than, than Paris Hilton's entire, entire I, don't, I, don't, I don't ever hate the player. Like, she put down... I mean, she's, has Paris Hilton any, ever advertised herself as anything but a talentless piece of shit? No. <laughs> she hasn't been that brazenly honest. But yes, no, that's what she... I love how people are like, I can't believe she did this or that. It's like, well, yeah, this is the chick who became famous from a sex tape, just like Kim Kardashian. Exactly. And that's uh, at least the sex tape. I felt like there was some effort there. <laughs> well, yeah. There was some. There was some production I, value. I gotta say, I was disappointed with her half-assedness. On that <laughs> yeah. One too. yeah, she is a little kind of like stuck up. She's well, not giving one hundred ten percent in anything, and she's taking it from behind in the sex tape, right? That's hers. 
Um, I, I saw she... her giving head like it was like she it grossed her out. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, oh, this I is. I bet work. she does give a bad BJ. Right? What's <laughs> she's not? She's not. What does she have to? She's a rich, skinny chick who's just said guys fawn over. What's in it for her? Yeah, she's not trying to keep a man. She can find a man one way or the other. It's not a problem. Yeah. But to be fair, I could picture hearing that song in a tanning salon. Oh, that would be know, great in a tanning in. salon. Yeah. <laughs> I would not think ever, anything of it. Do you ever have you ever been to a tanning salon, Logan? Yep, I sure have. You gone tanning? Yeah. Wow. Really? Got to get the base coat going. I mean, when I was the last, comes out. When was the last time you went tanning? It was, was kind of recently. It was like a couple months ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. When did you wait? So where do you go tanning? I remember. Oh yeah. It's kind of gross. I love that gross. you guys are roommates and you didn't know that you went tanning. Yeah, cuz I had a gross rash and I was trying to make it go <laughs> I had shingles recently like uh, six weeks ago and I don't know I thought it, the tan you know sometimes when you tan it does help like stuff like that go away so. I don't know I've never tanned in my life so wait I'd, now rather, I'd rather get UV rays than rub shit on my skin I don't know why that's just a weird thing I have I don't like taking pills or now do you like do, do you get the so you don't go with the the uh <laughs> Sorry, this is hilarious to me. You don't go with the tanning spray. You go into the legit tanning booth? Yeah, definitely. Now well, you, I got the skin for it, so. Now, do you go uh, completely naked? Uh, no. I, no. What do you, what do you Because you'll get caught. People will be like, oh, you tan. I tan naked. Um, no, I just wear my <laughs> underwear. Yeah, I've gone, ta- I've gone naked before, but I didn't last time. Okay. Now, do you, now what do you, what do you normally listen to in the uh, tanning <laughs> bed? I'm trying to get a visual here. Um... <laughs> Whatever I mean, they don't give you many options. You have to listen to the radio. Yeah. So I just listen to whatever K Rock, KCRW. They don't have KCRW the tanning bed today. Uh, the one in Burbank. Is NPR just the radio. talk. The one in Burbank is just the radio, so you can just it's oh, okay. literally the radio. Is it a lay down one or a stand up one? Lay down. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was picturing you I'd... in the stand up one, just dancing in your boxers. That is so. Hilarious. I turn over. I do part of it on my stomach. Which I don't think other people do, but I just feel like you get uneven. Like your back gets really tan <laughs> if you just lay on your back the whole time. Yeah, no, I've never gone tanning in my life. That is <laughs> that is crazy to me, Logan. Also, if you go regular tanning in the sun, like you might think, like, oh, you're a you're a metrosexual, you go tanning. But you know what? If you tan in the actual sun, like supposedly a real man would, that takes way longer. <laughs> no, I would say real men, you know, just don't tan. care. <laughs> Tanning? What am I, you know, like Mario Lopez tans. I don't tan, for Christ's sake. Although some of that's probably natural. Tess, I know uh, you're not a huge sports fan, but have you heard anything about Jeremy Lin? I have, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jeremy Lin, Asian-American. Yeah. And unfortunately, there was a hubbaloo at uh, ESPN because of uh, Jeremy Lin had a bad game. And uh, this is what the announcer <clears throat> It was based on an uh, ESPN guy posted something, and he was reading the copy. But uh, this is this is him responding to Jeremy Lin having a bad game. Handled everything very well, as you said, unflappable. But if there is a chink in the armor, where can Lin improve his game? So, um, obviously, when they had a chink in the armor and then they had a picture of Jeremy Lin, people got, people got pretty upset. And the guy, the guy who put it up originally said it wasn't him trying to be funny. Like, he's this 28-year-old dude who's working the overnight at ESPN, super religious guy, claims it was just an honest mistake. And then the reporter ended up just reading the copy that was there. 
Sounds like it. I agree. Yeah. yeah I mean, no. When you, when you played it and then you left, I almost was like, "That's funny that you reacted that way, Sean." I bet no one else caught that. Oh no, dude! And then it you was say a, like it was so a big this is like controversy because he's. Oh yeah, no the, the the ESPN editor who put it up got fired, and no. the announcer got uh, suspended for thirty days. I mean, it's oh, that's dumb. It's more that's su- really dumb. It's a real saying: chinking your armor. Yeah. Right. No, and the guys used it many times. I, I think ESPN's argument probably is that if we're putting a picture of an Asian American, you should have the common sense not to include a phrase that has the word chink. But I, I think you can still – you can suspend the guy for seven days of just like, hey, man, we, you know, you created this shitstorm for us. Like you, you kind of got to use your head. I mean it was an honest mistake and he definitely shouldn't have been fired. This is uh, – this is – why I just can't stand people. Like, come on, not <laughs> a real problem. No. Chink in the armor is a perfectly common phrase. And it, honestly, in the guy's defense, if you, you know, he's a 28-year-old guy, uh, supposedly pretty religious, and doesn't, you know, never any other incidents like this before, if anything, it's kind of on you to see that and interpret it. He, he's just using it. He's so blind to color. He, he That didn't even cross his mind that people would interpret that as racist or him trying to make a racist joke. I have a question. Is sure. he Chinese? No, he's not. But, oh, wait. I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy Lin. Lin is, yeah. Okay. Well, he's Taiwanese. Uh, okay, this is... Uh, that's kind of... That's kind of Chinese, Chinese, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay. It would be really funny if he was, like, Vietnamese. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, then they would have to use a gook of the armor, and that would... That, <laughs> there's no excuse for that. That is clearly not an expression. <laughs> that's just him trying to crowbar in a racist joke. But, yeah, I, I think... Yeah, the the sports world loves to do, especially the New York media, they like to do kind of like punny, jokey things, like linning instead of winning, and, you know... Is a linsation. Fail yeah. lin or whatever, stuff, stuff like that, so... I, yeah, it's one of those things where it, we're getting a little too politically correct. Are I we mean, all just supposed to be on pins and needles, making sure we know what ethnicity everybody is so that we don't inadvertently make a pun that could be perceived as racist? Like, sit only, down. Only in athletics. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it, is, it is insane. <clears throat> well, speaking of basketball, real quick, I, uh, I had this audition for – I didn't get it. It was for um, Hanes clothing, like a T-shirt. And the premise of the, the commercial is I'm hanging – the guy's hanging out. He's grilling. And a tag it keeps itching in the back of his neck, keeps scratching him. And he's sitting there grilling. And then Michael Jordan comes over. He grabs the tag, rips it off, throws it on the grill. And you're like, thanks, Mike. <laughs> so whatever. I'm sitting there in the uh, commercial waiting room thinking about it. And then I'm just like, oh, man, imagine, like, hanging out with Michael Jordan. You know, that would be such – we'd get to be good friends. we just chill and we just play <laughs> so much blackjack. And that's when I realized, like, I, I, I really got gambling on the mind way too much. When I, a fantasy <laughs> – my best friend fantasy with Michael Jordan involves blackjack and not basketball. Like, nah, nah, I mean, I really like basketball, but blackjack, come on, man. Or at least baseball. Right, exactly. <laughs> Something athletic related. But, no, just the – the deviant side of, M- of Michael Jordan in Vegas, throwing chips around, smoking cigars, you know, yelling at cocktail waitresses. It just really it was like, yeah, me and Mike are going to be friends. Although supposedly, like, Michael, John- or, uh, Michael Jordan is notorious for being a huge dick when it comes to, like, commercial shoots. And he'll just go up to the director of Haynes and, or whatever commercial shoot and be like, look, you got six hours starting now. And just was like, make it happen. And if it... You know, if you don't get it by then, I'm out. I'm walking out. Wow. That's just, I mean, that's, uh, I guess I'm saying he's being a dick, but really, he's yeah, Michael Jordan. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you do that if you can do that? And you know these, 
anytime you've been on a shoot or anything, they always like to keep you there longer to like make you shoot more stuff or have you sit around so they can get everything just right and then throw you in there. So yeah, big ups to Michael Jordan, man. <laughs> he, he pisses whatever money he's getting paid for that commercial. Oh like, yeah, he, he doesn't. He's care. not. Uh, that's just like one child support payment. Exactly. He's not. He's not seeing any of that money. That's just. I think this whole commercial campaign is just to keep his wife happy, his ex-wife. Supposedly, like up there as far as uh, top. Top divorcees, uh, you know, crazy settlements. Now, did you see this? That uh, Kobe Bryant's wife, they got divorced. Mm -hmm. Supposedly she's entitled for, like, you know, getting a ton of money. And then uh, out of nowhere, she showed up in the Staples Center to watch Kobe on Valentine's Day. And now rumors uh, they might be getting back together. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. Now, Tess, what, uh, you know, as we're wrapping up here, what would be – you know, you talked about wanting to stay single. What's the what's the ideal guy for Tess Barker? Just in case, you know, <laughs> maybe there's a, probably not some probably not a professional athlete, but you know, you are uh, a free spirit. What kind of guy would you see yourself settling down with in the long run? Um, I like me a dumbass. <laughs> Sweet. I mean, just that like explains the attraction of the skydiving instructor. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm not judging. Do dumb stuff with me, like a, a, I like Johnny Knoxville type guys. Okay, just, yeah. Okay, yeah, literally a dumbass, just a, you know, kind of good-looking dude who just... You know, is... good, I mean, looks actually are not as important to me as, like, having fun. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and I so don't, do... I tanned for nothing. So does, yeah, Logan's wasting all his tanning. All he needs to do is staple his nutsack to his thigh, and you guys are set. <laughs> all right, that sounds like a good time to go out. Logan, you want to wrap things up with a haiku? Let's do it. Skydiving reject. Dead hangs with tranny hookers. <laughs> Gambling with MJ. <laughs> All right, Tess. Now, where can uh, where can people get more Tess Barker? What do you got coming up? You can follow me on Twitter at testify t e s s testify Barker. Very and funny. And I have a show every Wednesday called Beer in the Shower at Dreams Lounge in the Dunes Inn on Sunset. Good times over there. All right, and of course, we have the Comedy Garage, Logan's birthday show, midnight, Saturday, this Saturday, at the Little Modern Theater on Santa Monica Boulevard, so make sure you check that out. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Green Room. We do it here live every weekday. Every weekday, that is a Thursday. (laughs) Every week. And then it posts on a Friday. Thank you for listening to The Green Room. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Check out Sean Green's comedy CD, The Whiskey Dick, now available on iTunes. Follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. Check out thecomedygaragemovie.com. What he seen her walk by in them tight jeans And he looked at her like that's my queen